word is garar. In Greek, it's harpazo, being caught up. Are you looking towards the Lord's appearing? I am. You know that there are over 500 scriptures in the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, in the Brit Hadashah, in the New Testament, that speak about the Lord's second coming. And when he comes, he's bringing his righteous judgment upon this earth. But we're not to fear. Because he has not placed his bride to endure the wrath of the Father through the Son. And there's a lot of mixed teachings that are going out about this at this time. Yeshua's appearing, which is recorded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And his second coming, when he lands upon the earth, are two separate events. We've spent now five messages dealing with this subject. But today we're going to be focusing more on what Yeshua said in the book of Matthew and also in Daniel, and Isaiah, and Joel, and Habakkuk? Why would the Spirit of the living God speak through these prophets of old and warn the Jewish nation, who is to be what? A light to the Gentiles. See, salvation did not come through any other people group than the Jewish people. And to know this, the day of the Lord is coming, his second coming. And so let us begin here. Here's a little commentary. Since scripture does not contradict itself, it seems reasonable to conclude that the passages describing Messiah's Yeshua coming for his holy ones, which is the rapture, harpazo, or gerar, which means to snatch up or take away violently, and also returning with his holy ones, are two phases of Yeshua's coming. The first one, as we've gone into detail, when he appears, he will not be appearing and then leashing out judgment upon this earth. His appearing is only for his called out ones, those who he knows intimately. But his second coming, when he comes back and he lands upon the earth on the Mount of Olives, it says that his holy ones will be coming with him. That's you and I. And all those who have died in believing in the promise of the coming Redeemer. So going forward here. Yeshua's coming to believe it is scripturally correct is to be intervening period between now the two of them. First the appearing, then the second coming. The time when the world will experience what? Great tribulation. And this tribulation that is about to come, that's in the near future, is going to come and it's going to be undeniable for the world to understand where this is coming from. Involving the reign of the anti-Messiah or the Antichrist and the outpouring of God's wrath upon the wicked. And so where would we focus now first? But in the book of Daniel, turn with me, if you will, to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. See, 
when Yeshua spoke, as we're going to get into later, Matthew chapter 24, it was based on scripture that he had breathed through the Ruach HaKodesh into these holy prophets of old. This is the day of Adonai, the day of the Lord. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. When that time comes, Michael, which is Michael, the great prince who champions your people, whose people is he speaking to? He's speaking to Daniel. And Daniel is receiving that this is for your people. For that such a time as that. So your great prince who champions your people, your guardian angel, Israel, is Michael. When he stands up, notice this. He's been held back up until this moment. But when he stands up, and there will be a time of distress unparalleled between the time that they became a nation. What nation is he speaking? Is he speaking of America? No. America is not given in scripture a guardian angel that watches over America. See, the focal point here is not Russia or China or United Kingdom. You fill in the blank. The focus here, God's redemption plan, goes through one way, through the nation of Israel. Remember this. They were to be a what? A light to the nations. Going forward here. There will be a time of distress unparalleled between the time that they became a nation and at that moment. At that time, your people will be delivered. Everyone whose name is written in the book. Now, for many of you who come from a Gentile background, what's he speaking of? Every Yom Kippur, we Jews, go through times of repentance. And what is our, our, our desire? Is that our names will be inscribed in the book of life. Let's go forward here. Many of those sleeping the dust of the earth will awaken. Now, is he speaking right then and there? Because where is Daniel? He's in Babylon. This is a future event. Let's go forward here. Verse 2, and many of those sleeping in the dust of the earth will awaken, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and abhorrence. Why? Because their life has been sealed. Either your name is written in the book of life. You know, the Brit Hadashah speaks about the Lamb's book of life. They are one and the same. Let's go forward here. Verse 3. But those who can discern like the brightness of heaven's dome, those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now going, dropping down to verse 10. Many, this is Daniel chapter 12, many will, puri will purify and cleanse and refine themselves. 
Notice that. There's a transformation going on. That means that those who are spiritually discerning will see the sin in their lives and they will repent and allow the spirit of the living God to refine them. What journey have you and I been on as we came to know Messiah? We acknowledged our sin. We were forgiven our sin. We were washed by the blood of the, of the lamb. But what did what took place in our lives? Did we stop sinning? No, we went through times and seasons of refining fires. Does not God say in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, to offer your bodies as a holy and living sacrifice? This is a true acceptable worship unto him. Back to Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. Many will purify and cleanse and refine themselves, but the wicked will keep on acting wickedly. Why? Because they have no spiritual discernment within them. Isn't it amazing that when, when it is revealed, when an evangelist or a teacher or a preacher or a pastor or a rabbi, and they're, they've lived double lives, and it's revealed to them that there was an abhorrent sin that they had hidden in their lives, and then when that is exposed, the body of Messiah is like, my goodness, I can't believe that. Think about this. We are to take what we say and do, what we think about, and we are to hold ourselves accountable. Know this, that one day you and I will have to give an account for every word that we spoke or did not speak, everything that we did and did not do. We're going to have to give an account. We are to have sober minds. Why did Rav Shaul say in the Tanakh, excuse me, in the Brit Hadashah, work out your own salvation with what? With fear and trembling. You know what the sense of that word is this. Know this, that your heart is deceitful and can lead you astray. If you're not continually being renewed in your heart and mind by what? Washing your hearts and minds by the word of God, you can lead yourself astray. And think about this. You think that someone has arrived? Someone like Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, would even utter those words as a warning to all true believers. We are to be, be reconciled to God and to show forth fruits of repentance. I really believe this. What is recently, and I won't even mention the person's name because most of you know that person's name to bring attention to them. But I believe this in these latter days, more and, men, more and more men and women who appear to be men and women of God will be revealed their ultra lifestyles as never before. God is coming back. Yeshua is being sent by the Father to receive a bride unto himself that is without spot or wrinkle. And those who are not filled with the Ruach, the Spirit of the living God, will not be able to stand in these days. Hasatan is going to be released as never before to tempt the people of God to do what is evil in the Father's sight. Because he knows his time is very, very short. And you and I have to decide what we read, 
what we, what we allow our eyes to see and what we consume. Are we building up our spiritual man and woman in Messiah? Or are we building up our flesh? God is going to shake this world, but he's going to also shake all true believers in Messiah. That's a good thing. It is a blessed thing to go to be disciplined in the house of the Lord. Because he wants our best benefit. He wants to save us from ourselves. Are you willing to allow the spirit of the living God to save you from your own self? Let's go forward here. Verse 10, many will purify and cleanse and refine themselves. Going forward. But the wicked will keep on acting wickedly. So those who appear to be God's people, who are living wicked lives, they believe in darkness. All things shall be revealed. And why is God revealing these things? So that those individuals can truly repent. You know, there are a lot of believers that have other believers as idols in their lives. You've built up these individuals through years and we idolize them. What does the scripture say? We're not to idolize anything but God himself being revealed through Yeshua. Man and women will fail you again and again and again. But who shall never fail you? Messiah Yeshua, the Ruach HaKodesh. This is a blessing when the Lord reveals these things so that we would truly have contrite hearts. Did not in the book of Acts speak about people like Ananias and Sapphira? We will see more Ananiases and Sapphira being revealed to us in the near future. Let's get back to the scripture here. Many will purify and cleanse and refine themselves. Rabbi, why do you keep reading that verse? Because to be refined is going over and over and over through those fires that the Spirit of living God, and these are not fires of condemnation. These are fires of conviction. Because what does Yeshua want to see? He wants to see in us us being refined as gold, where all the dross, all the things of the world is removed, until he sees the reflection of his divine character being lived out within us. So that he may receive all the glory and honor and praise. And notice this. This is not that we're to walk in self-righteousness. I'm not about to give you 50 billion laws to follow. But hear what the Spirit of the living God is speaking to you directly. He's bringing about conviction in your heart. Repent of these things and have no more. And when they come and they tempt you, when these thoughts, these ideas, these things come and tempt you, cry out to the Lord, for he shall deliver you. He's not only our Redeemer, but he's our Savior. And he's coming back for us. So we, as the bride and Messiah, we have to now say, Lord, send the Ruach, prepare my hearts. If there's any hidden thing in me, 
Purify me. Let's go forward here. Verse 10. But the wicked will keep on acting wickedly. Why? Because that's their bent. That's their nature. And as we as believers, if there's any wickedness within us, you'll get, you'll get opportunities to decide, do you want to walk in wicked ways? Or do you want to repent of your wickedness? It's going forward here. And none of the wicked will understand. Why? Because they will come underneath a great delusion. What did we read in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians? Is that when the anti-Messiah comes, that those who are wicked are still upon this earth. After the Keolite, the body of Messiah, the bread of Christ, has been taken out of the situation, that God will bring upon them a delusion. He will turn them over to their own bent, just as he did with Pharaoh. Just as he did with Cain. Let's continue here. None of the wicked will understand, but those with discernment will understand. But Rabbi Frank, this is this is ancient. How is this? How can I even apply it to my life today? God's word, who is Yeshua, that was spoken through and by this prophet many centuries ago, away ago, is prevalent to us today. The only problem is that we do not apply his word to our daily lives. Let's go forward here. Verse 11, from the time of the regular burnt offering is taken up away. The abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. How blessed will be anyone who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. Now I can go into great detail here, but this is the area that the Lord wants us to focus on. Is there now a temple in Jerusalem? No. He's speaking about a future event here. There shall be a third temple. The daily and morning sacrifices will one day restart. The grain offering will restart. And so this is what Daniel is saying. Because when Daniel received this word, where was he living? He was living in Babylon. There were no Levites in Jerusalem offering the morning and evening sacrifice. And there was not the grain offering being offered. See, Daniel was living in the area of Babylon, which is Babylon. It's a symbol of the world, the world system. But God was proclaiming to him that sometime in the future, that during this temple, that the, both the morning and the evening sacrifice would, would continue. But there would come a time when it would not continue. Notice that word, the abomination that causes desolation. That's speaking of the anti-Messiah, when he goes, he makes a covenant with the nation of Israel. And when that false prophet sets up that image of the beast, you see all these things were intertwined. See, Daniel did not have this full understanding. 
And as we get towards the end of this portion of Daniel here, we will see that he's told, seal this up for that generation. For that generation, which we are. We're on the cusp of this. It's amazing now. Israel is making covenants with their enemies, sworn enemies. Let's go forward here. But you, verse 13, go your way until the end comes. Then you will rest. That means that you'll sleep. You will die. And you will rise for your reward. At the end of days, he shall be what? Raised from the dead and he shall be transformed. Going forward here. Now I would like you to hold one finger or put a little save spot here in the book of Daniel. Now let us look at, at uh, Matthew chapter 24. See, because for us to fully understand Matthew chapter 24, and for those of you who come from the nations who have not been well versed in Daniel and the prophets in the Tanakh, this may appear to you to be as for uh, foreign territory. So as I tell you this, most churches rarely ever teach from the Tanakh. And so those who are sitting in the churches, when they read the book of Matthew, it's like, oh, Yeshua is just, Jesus is now just giving brand new revelation that's never been spoken before. That's not true. Because when Yeshua quoted scripture, he was not quoting Matthew through Revelation, but he was quoting Berejit, which is Genesis, through Malachi. So let us begin in Matthew 24, beginning at verse 14. So when you see the what? The abomination that causes desolation. Wait a second, Rabbi. Didn't you just say that just a few moments ago? Yeah, I just simply read what Daniel recorded. See, here's the foundational stone. And that reference is directly into, and I ask you to hold your place in Daniel. Turn now back to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. That's Daniel 9, 27. And hold your place in Daniel 24. Because we're going to be going back and forth and back and forth. Some of the things that Yeshua said were literally word for word in Matthew 24. And some out of, out of certain books. And some of it was, was part of a verse. And then he filled in the details. So now we are in Daniel chapter 9. And beginning at verse 26. Then after 62 weeks, Mashiach, or Messiah, will be cut off and have nothing. The people of the prince, and I put in the, here the anti-Messiah, yet to come, he's yet to come, he hasn't come yet, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. But his end will come with a flood. Whose end? 
not the Messiah, but the anti-Messiah. His, but his end will come with, with a flood. And desolations are decreed until the war is over. He, and I wrote in parentheses down, anti-Messiah will make a strong covenant with the leaders. Which leaders? The leaders of the nation of Israel in the future. For one week of years, for half of the week, he will put a stop to what? The sacrifice. Remember now, in Daniel's contemporary life, there is no sacrifice that's being offered at the temple. Today, in our, our lives, you cannot observe that there are sacrifices that are being offered in the temple in Jerusalem. So this individual is now putting an end to that. Let's go forward here. He will put a stop to the sacrifice and the grain offering. Remember I mentioned the grain offering earlier? And on the wing of detestable things, the desolator, and who's the desolator? The ones that brings the abomination that leads to desolation, the anti-Messiah, will come and continue until the already decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator, upon an individual. I wrote in parentheses, the anti-Messiah. When Yeshua comes back and he lands upon the Mount of Olives, he goes through those uh, gates, the golden gate. Who shall he put to death by, as the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians, by, by the sword of his own mouth. And so now, now going forward here is a base of our scripture here. Now let's look at, at Daniel 11, 31. Daniel eleven thirty one. Remember this, Daniel was receiving this. And you know what the prophets of old, when they would receive an illustration or a vision or a dream from the Lord and they were to write it down, the Lord did, did not give them the full meaning of what that vision or illustration or that prophecy was. Because at certain times it was, was for them at the time they were living. And sometimes they had double meanings that was partially fulfilled at the time when they received, after they received that prophecy, and then also had a link towards the future. So going forward here, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, it says this, armed forces will come at his, at whose order? I wrote in parentheses, the anti-Messiah, to give us better understanding, going forward here and profane the sanctuary. So what did this, this person ordering to do? But to profane the sanctuary of God. In other words, the holy of holies of God in the temple, which will exist in the future, that third temple. Let's go forward here. He will profane the sanctuary and the fortress. They will abolish the daily burnt offering. And set up 
the abomination that causes desolation. Notice that Daniel is dealing with this. Yohanan John deals with this in the book of Revelation. And if for us to go from Daniel to Matthew, Revelation would be even more confusing. So I'm holding back at this time. All right. Now let us look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. And it says this. From the time the regular burnt offering is taken away, removed, not allowed to proceed. And the abomination that causes desolation is set up. What is the abomination that leads to desolation? But the image of the beast, as Revelation speaks of. Let's go forward. There will be 1,290 days. And so going forward here, now let us look at Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15. So now we have the thought pattern of Yeshua who spoke through the prophet Daniel. Now we now receive what Yeshua is speaking to his Talmudim. These are asking him about the day of the Lord and his second coming. Because you know what? They have this as a fabric in their memory of scripture of what identifies the second coming of the Lord. It is a dreadful time. And what is what is Yeshua, the Messiah, coming to do? He's there to judge the wicked that dwell upon this earth. Let's look at Daniel, excuse me, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. So when you see the abomination that caused desolation. Now you have the fabric of scripture built on a firm foundation from the book of Daniel so we can understand what Yeshua is speaking of in detail. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, we're in Matthew chapter 24, 15, spoken about through what? The prophet Daniel. So he's, he's now speaking to his Talmudim. Who were the original 12? And he's saying this to them. Because he knows this. He sees, because Yeshua can see all things, that the scripture that is now coming to their minds, because they don't have a reference point of Matthew chapter 24, 15. They have a reference point of Daniel, of those scriptures that I just shared with you. And it confirms in their heart what Yeshua is uttering is the literal word of God. Built upon this holy prophet Daniel. Because when they were growing up as boys, they would hear occasionally as they went through their Torah reading, just as we do every Shabbat, there's alternate, there's there's the Torah reading, and then there's the, the Haftorah reading where they would go into the prophets. And so they were familiar with these scriptures. They fully understood what Yeshua was talking about. The abomination dish. That, that, uh, leads, that causes desolation. It painted a literal picture in their minds. They could even think about Hanukkah and the meaning behind that. And they just share that as a further illustration. Let's get back to Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. 
So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, spoken about through the prophet Daniel, standing where? In the holy place. Who was the only one allowed to stand in the holy place? But once a year was literally the high priest of the nation of Israel. But here, this demonic-filled man is standing in the holy place. And he's not leading these people towards the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he's bringing them to revere. Because notice earlier, as we read through Daniel, that this one that comes, this prince that comes, he will lead them into what? A covenant. A covenant of peace and prosperity. Who are we to receive peace and prosperity from? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's go forward here. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, spoken about through the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand what the illusion, the deception. And what does it say this, that, that what, what, what Yeshua said to them later as we get into this? He says, now flee. If you're up on a on roof, don't go down there to grab your coat. Flee. Where? Jerusalem. Get out of there. Why? Because the judgment, the wrath of God is about to come upon the nation of Israel. Let's now hear Yeshua's words. Verse 16. That will be a time for those in Yehuda, Judah. He's not talking about Minneapolis or New York. He's not talking about Los Angeles. He's not talking about Moscow. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about Jerusalem. Let's go forward here. That will be the time for those in Yehuda to escape to where? To the hills. Where comes my help? Does the Psalms declare? I look upon the hills. From there comes my help. Let's go forward here. If someone is on the roof, he must not go down to gather his belongings from his house. Who's saying these words to us? The prophet who gave all prophetic words of all the Tanakh prophets and the Brit Hadashah prophets and the apostles. Can we trust his word? Absolutely. Are you ready? Are you prepared for his appearing? And even if the Lord take my life today and I fall over dead and Alan has to finish this message or Tim has to rise up to finish this message. God's word will go forth and I will rise up when the Lord causes me to rise up and I won't miss out on anything. Let's go forward here. That's why God has instructed that we would raise up other believers within his midst so that they could receive the baton. If one of us are taken out of the way, the body of Messiah continues to grow and to develop. We're to build up others. That's what discipleship is all about. That's just a side note. Let's get back to the scripture. If someone is on the roof, he must not go down to gather his belongings from his house. If someone is in a field, he must not turn back to get his coat. What a terrible time 
It will be for a pregnant woman. Think about this. This is the individual that forms and shapes every child that's ever been born in this mother's womb. It says in scripture, anything that was created, anything that came about came through the son by the father's authority. Let's go forward here. What terrible time it would be for a pregnant woman and nursing mothers. Now read verse 20. This isn't a suggestion. Pray that it will, you will not have to escape in the winter or on Shabbat. Sometimes we get a pause on some of these verses. So he's speaking to those who are there living in the land to be in prayer. That this, that they will not have escape in winter or on Shabbat. You know what's really, really interesting? And I want you to now look at this. In the same chapter, look now at verses 40 and 41 of Matthew chapter 24. See, now Yeshua is warning them and saying, you know what? You have to get out of there. You have to escape. And some people will say, well, how do you know for certain Rabbi Frank, that uh, Yeshua is appearing when he appears and he's calling out his called out ones, his bride of Messiah. Because in Matthew 24 here, it doesn't give them the option of verse 40 and 41. But it's in the same chapter, Rabbi Frank, that's right. But it's not given to them as an option. What does it say here? There will be two men in a field. One will be taken, the other left. What is that speaking of? Harpazo, being caught up. Garar, being uh, violently taken away. Or verse 41. There will be two women grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other one left behind. Then it goes on to verse 42. So stay alert because you don't know on what day the Lord will come. His appearing. Now let us go back to the portion of scripture there that we were dealing with. Verse 20 of Matthew 24. So they're not given this option here. He says, leave, flee, get out of there. Who's he speaking to? The Jewish people who do not know Messiah, who suddenly a the partial, the veil is revealed removed from their eyes, and they see the abomination that leads to desolation, a man that's saying, now come and worship me. I'm your true God. And so they flee. In verse 20, pray that you will not have to escape on winter or Shabbat. Verse 21, for there will be trouble than worse than ever has been from the beginning of the world until now. Think about this. When they were hearing these words and they were reflecting as the spirit of living God was speaking to them, verses from the book of Daniel, Habakkuk, Joel, Isaiah, about the fearful, awesome day of the Lord coming with his judgment was being played out in their mind over and over and over and giving them confirmation. You see, if you hide God's word in your heart and your mind, 
and you get to a point of decision in your life, whether to turn to the left or the right, you have scripture that the Lord has planted in your heart and mind to draw upon. Let's go forward here. For there will be trouble then worse than has ever been from the beginning of the world until now. There will be nothing like it again. Now let us turn to Joel. Chapter 2, verse 2. One verse. Joel chapter 2, verse 2. Here's another one of God's anointed prophets. When was the last time you read the whole book of Joel? I encourage you to do. To meditate on the word. Yeah, but Rabbi, there's, there's a program I've been wanting to watch on TV. Record it. Spend time in God's word. Because for us to share the hope that is within us, we got to have God's word. That's the only life that we can give to someone else is God's word, his redemption plan. So here we are in Joel chapter 2, verse 2. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick fog. A great and mighty horde is spreading like blackness over the mountains. There has never been anything like it, nor will there ever be again, not even after the years of many generations. So that was the verse that was playing in the minds of these Talmudim, because they knew the book of Joel. They didn't have a copy of the scroll of Joel to carry with them. But they meditated on God's word, and it was deeply planted in their hearts and minds. Let's go forward here. Now let us look at Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1. Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1. And you heard this verse earlier. But now as we apply God's word, it's like our eyes, like a veil. It's being slowly removed from our eyes. We get more comprehension. And we begin to see scripture as never before. It's like the scripture, all of a sudden the lights all go on in our mind and heart. You see, when Yeshua spoke to his Talmudim, the scripture came alive in their hearts again. The truth of God's word. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. When that day comes, Michael, the great prince, who champions your people, will stand up. And there will be a time of distress unparalleled between that time that Israel, that, the, that they became a nation. And that moment... And time, your people will be delivered. They shall be redeemed. You know what? When I was reading this verse this past week, you know what came to mind? The children of Israel standing before the Red Sea. And there was no way of escape. It seemed like the vengeance and wrath of Pharaoh was going to be meted out upon them. But as they stood there, the Lord 
made a path of deliverance for them. Continuing here. And at that time, your people will be delivered. Everyone whose name is written in the book of life. Who's that speaking of? Those righteous ones. Let us now go back to Matthew chapter 24, verse 22. And I'll read 21 as you're going there. For there will be trouble then worse than has ever been before the beginning of the world until now. There will be nothing like it again. Verse 22. Indeed, if the length of this time had not been limited. Now, who lengthens time? Who set up uh, daylight and the time of evening? Who set up all the seasons? Abba Father, God, through his son, Yeshua. Let's continue here. Verse 22. Indeed, if the length of this time, now he's not speaking about the time where, where, where Daniel or Joel are living at that time right there, but the time in the future had not been limited, no one would survive. And what's being poured out upon the earth, upon those unrepentant people? The wrath of God. Going forward here. No one would survive. But for the sake of those who had been chosen, its length will be limited. What is this speaking of? That the, the Jewish tribulation believers who come to saving knowledge of who Messiah is, and also those from the nations, because God has made provision for those of the nations. Notice this, as I shared earlier, that God will rise up 144,000 men who will be evangelists to the whole known world at that time. And he will send his two witnesses. And they will speak and they will proclaim God's word from Jerusalem. And it also says in the book of Revelation that he will send angels to proclaim the good news. Can you imagine the people living on earth that don't know Messiah and all of a sudden an angel appears and starts speaking to them about God's redemptive plan? And while in the midst of this, there are plagues and bowls are being poured out upon this earth. There are famines and pestilence that are happening. One-third of the of populations of the earth is dying suddenly. And in the midst of this, God is proclaiming the good news of Yeshua being the Redeemer. Let's go forward here. And the fulfillment of the Jewish tribulation believer is that all Israel, one day, that holy remnant, will be saved. Let's go forward. Verse 23. At that time, if someone says to you, look, here's the Messiah. And why is he warning this? Because when the anti-Messiah come, he will become with, with, with uh, lies and miracles, false wonders. To lead what? Many people astray. Going forward here. At that time, if someone says to you, look, here's this Messiah, or there he is, don't believe him. For there will appear false messiahs and false prophets performing miracles and amazing things. So too as to fool even the chosen, if possible. How many false prophets, and I may offend somebody right now, 
predicted that Donald Trump would be our next president. And he did not become our next president. You see, true prophets of God are 100% correct. Why? Because they don't speak of their own opinion or their own desire. They speak the word of God and the word of God only. They don't add to or take away from the word of God. Because any person that claims to be a prophet or apostle today, if they're not building upon the prophets and apostles of old, of that book that is sealed, and illuminating what is already written, if they step out of that, what does the book of Revelation say? That the curses and the plagues shall be meted upon them. You think they're going to escape? I don't think so. See, prophets of the Tanakh did not have the option of saying, you know what? I can be 99.9% wrong, and I'm still God's holy, truthful prophet. No, they were taken out, and they were stoned. We live in a time of grace. So we are to listen to God's word, and every word that you hear, especially what Rabbi Frank ever tells you, or teaches or preaches on. If you're not going through the filter of God's holy word, and those who are listening on the podcast, I'm lifting up a translation of the Bible. If you're not filtering everything I say or teach through God's word, then you're not being true Talmudim and listening to the voice of the Father through the Son by the Ruach HaKodesh. I will one day have to give an account for every word and everything that I've ever taught about. And if I have deterred even one inkling, one degree off of what God's word says, I will be judged and held completely accountable to that of leading people astray. Let's go forward now with the true prophet who is Yeshua. Verse 25, there I have told you in advance. Who's speaking to his Talmudim here? The Redeemer. The one who's about to die upon the execution stake. His words are true. You can bank on his words. Don't ever try and bank on my, my words. If it does not, uh, does not, if it's not built upon the scripture, it's just my opinion and my thoughts have nothing to do with my opinions and thoughts. Have your mind set on God's word. It's God's word that is live and is eternal. My words and opinion are not. But when I express his word, then it is his word that brings you life. Let's go forward here. There. I have told, let me back up here. At that time when if someone said to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe him. For there will appear false messiahs and false prophets performing what? Great miracles. Is it possible for a person that truly believes that they are a Christian prophet or a Christian apostle today, for them to be deluded by the father of lies, and to be empowered and equipped from him with, with false prophecies and lying, wanting, 
wonders and miracles? If Yeshua is warning them right then and there, is it possible today for that to take place? Absolutely. Be warned. Study the scripture. If a man or a woman is building them up so you follow them unquestionably, flee from that person. If they're not lifting up Yeshua and proclaiming his, the Father's kingdom, flee from them. Yeshua's warning right here. Are you listening to his words? Don't listen to the voice that you're hearing speak right now. Listen to these words. There will appear false messiahs, false prophets, performing great miracles and amazing things. Things that are going to literally blow your mind. Remember all that gold dust? That was fraud. Bethel, your abomination in the eyes of the Lord. Can I be ever more clear? Does gold dust redeem people? No. The blood of Yeshua redeems us. See, Hasatan, he wants us to get off focus. And we, this is a time for calling out what is untrue. Because I tell you this, once these when the anti-Messiah comes and one sees false prophets who appear to be godly men and women come with these lying wonders and false miracles, who's speaking to us now? But Yeshua himself, he's warning us. I'm not, I'm not asking to gather a group unto myself. I'm simply a sign pointing you to Yeshua. It's him you're going to give account to your life, not to me. I'm a fellow disciple, fellow believer in Messiah. Let's go forward here. For there will appear false messiahs and false prophets performing great miracles, amazing things, so as to fool the chosen, if possible. Are you listening to Yeshua's words? Yeah, but Rabbi Frank, that person was healed. Is not Yeshua revealing to us that there are false miracles that can be performed that do not come from the will of the Father? Here's proof. Allow the Spirit of the living God for you to spend time in God's Word and allow His voice to the voice that you hear and listen and follow. We has never any time before. And I believe this for every generation of believers. Think about those believers that were living in Germany. And as their government changed. And as they took the preaching of God's word. Unwatered down. From the pastors and evangelists that were living in that country. And they sided with the state. What's going to happen in America? The same thing. There will be pastors and rabbis selling out to the government. 
and not proclaiming God's word unwatered down. And for some of us who continue to preach God's word unwatered, we're going to have to be, be held accountable to this government that's now changing. It will literally cost us our lives. But are we willing to lay down our lives and proclaim the good news? Let's go forward. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For there will appear false prophets and false messiahs and false prophets performing great miracles and amazing things, so as to fool even the chosen. Who is he speaking to? His told Talmudim of one of them, notice this, is his own betrayer. He's giving him an opportunity to repent. To change his own free will. But God knew his bent. And he's, he's, he's now even proclaiming, see what a righteous and holy God we serve. To his own betrayer, who he has his arm around who he has there at the Pesach meal with him, who he entrusts. You know this, that Judas, Judah, when, he, when Yeshua anointed and sent out the 12, and they raised the dead, and they healed the sick, and they cast out demons, he was in their group, performing all these miracles, by the power and the anointing of the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet, he chose a different path. Now look at every man and woman, and I'm saying look at me also. I don't perform miracles. I don't perform signs and wonders. I've not been equipped and called to do those things. I've been equipped to teach and preach God's word and that all by itself. So to discern whether I'm speaking the truth or not, you have to be in God's word. But to know this, that those who perform miracles and signs and wonders, who claim to be receiving from anointing from God, you are to discern and ask the spirit of living God, if this individual is doing it for the proclamation of the kingdom and the building up of the kingdom, or is that person performing a, a lying sign or wonder? So as to fool even the chosen, if possible. See, if the chosen are not focused on God's word and have a relationship with the Ruach HaKodesh, there's potential for them to be led astray. Let's go forward here. There, I've told you in advance. So people will say to you, listen, he's out in the desert, speaking about the Messiah. Don't go. Yeah, but, but, but Yeshua, it's entertaining. I love to go and watch this stuff. He says, don't go. Don't allow yourself to be led astray. Don't go. Or look, he's hidden away in a secret room. Don't believe it. Don't entertain that in your mind. 
Don't entertain, don't, don't allow that to come become part of you. Go forward here. For when the Son of Man does come, it will be like lightning that flashes out of the east and fills the sky to the western horizon. And then he shares something here that just seems like way out of context. Wherever there's a dead body, that's where you find vultures. He's given us an illustration here. Those whose ministry leads to death. What do you find there? Vultures that are demons. And the truth eventually comes out. Let's go forward here. But immediately following the, following the trouble of times. And now he gives us details. The sun will grow dark. And the moon will now do what? It will stop shining. Today we need to end this message because we went in such great detail here. All right? And there are times where you can get receive so much information. It's like you sit down for a banquet and you eat so much stuff and you keep eating and eating till you, till you feel you're, you're getting so full. And sometimes we eat way, way beyond that. That's the same with spiritual food. There's time where you need to stop, pause, and reflect. You have to, you as Bereans, men and women of Berea, are to do what? Search the scriptures. Because Rashul, the Apostle Paul, said this, you men of Berea, you search the scriptures to see the things that I say and proclaim, whether they can be even found in the Tanakh. So let us end here. Blessed to be the name of the Lord.